So guys, it's that time of the week again, another episode uh, from the Fantasy Kickabout. And this week, as you can tell, if you're watching via YouTube, um, you can see all the, the green of Ireland um, and a coincidence as well that it happens to be on St. Patrick's Day. Um, so we welcome back to the podcast, uh, Anto, um, who's back with us and an Ireland season ticket holder in Neil Dowland, who joins us for the, the very first time. Um, happy Paddy Day, lads. Did you, did you get up to, uh, to much today? Thanks, Terry. Um, appreciate the honour of being asked on. Um, no, I was baited by all the government advice, stayed at home, just found a green jersey. That's all I did. Good man, darling. And though? They see the same. Ran around after kids and chilled at home. <laughs> we're, probably times. Still, we're probably still all wearing the jerseys and tops from uh, first thing this morning. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, again, thanks for, for coming on again, lads. Um, we're going to get into talking, obviously, about Ireland, the upcoming games. Um, kind of a lot to to get into, get stuck into a lot of a lot of decisions that Stephen Kenny even has to make. Um, we might just start uh, Dowling with 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 you. Um, Stephen Kenny, obviously, eight games into his tenure as Ireland manager. Um, it's been a difficult time. Number one, were you a fan of his appointment? And number two, are you still a fan and believing in what Stephen Kenny is trying to do with this Ireland team? Um, no, I was not a fan of an appointment, but nothing against Stephen Kenny. I was a massive fan of him at Dundalk. Uh, Tell you did some great things there. It was just the nature of the appointment I was against. The way, um, you know, giving the job for Mick for two years uh, and then only two years. Um, I've never I've seen an appointment done like that in sport. Um, I really, I'm not really sure what the what John Delaney was thinking fully true, but I mean, should have been like. Um, Stephen Kenny gets the 21 and then Mick gets the senior team definitely, but Mick is in his, you know, he's in his 60s, he's not going to be around forever. It would have come to Stephen Kenny, he's no young man, it would have come to him naturally anyway. There was no need for lock in. Uh, that change had to happen after two years. Um, now, am I a fan and want to keep him? Yes, I think we should keep him. Um, you have to remember, like, you no, know, he had done his, what he's trying to you know, the way he got the dock to play. Um, it wasn't completely overnight. And then you also had a lot more access to the players. You know, when you do with, when you're international, you really get like, you get less than a week. And then the first day, you know, you always have a few players hiring knocks and can't train. So it takes time to, you know, bring through that new style he's trying to play. So I would give him more time. Um, I definitely think we have improved our style of play. I think we're just, what's killing us is we're lacking a bit of quality up front. Um, and then maybe... Might have to consider, like, you know, Shane Duffy, the way we're playing, is he the best defender to put in there? Because um, he's not a, if you play a high line, he's not, he can be kind of caught out there. And like, he's, Shane Duffy's great kind of last gap defending and that, you knowing his body is in the line, but the way he's seen Kane kind of, might not be the right choice. But overall, um, there have been some positive signs. I certainly would keep him for the rest of the campaign. Yeah. Um, obviously, Dowland touched on, um, the whole appointment behind Stephen Kenny Mick McCarthy at the time, and I agree, it was very bizarre. I, I don't know. I don't know if they could have went 
about it in a way where saying Mick McCarthy is given the job for obviously the, the, the campaign and then later on down the line making the announcement of, of, of Stephen Kenny. Same question to you, I suppose, Anto. Were you a fan of Stephen Kenny's appointment or coming in after Mick McCarthy? And do you still have faith in, in what he's trying to do with this Ireland squad? Yeah, no, I agree. Like um, the way they did the appointment was bizarre, really, if you think about it, to say that, yeah, we'll have this fella in charge here and Mick, and then we're just going to change no matter really what happens. Rather than just let that happen, even behind closed doors, if that was the agreement, if that's what they wanted. But actually put it out there, I thought it was insane. But yeah, no, I was a big fan of him. Um, like I followed 21s a lot when Kenny was there and followed League of Ireland a good bit and all when he was involved. So like, I think when the appointment was made of him, I was excited because the way he plays football is nearly kind of to the modern style. And, you know, don't get me wrong, for a long time it's worked of kind of punting the ball and hope for the best from there. But I think the ring in a new style was definitely a good change at the time anyway. Obviously, it's been a bit of a rocky start now, but uh, no, I definitely stick with him for the, for the foreseeable anyway, because I think given the time, he will turn fortunes around and, you know, given a bit more time, he'll bring through more than under-21 players that he knows. And there's hardly even players there that, you know, for the 21s he was keeping an eye on that might have necessarily got into the 21s, but come another year or two from now, they could be good enough to be in the senior team that he's been keeping an eye on in the background, the players that we don't even really consider at the minute, like, so no, I think he, in the long run, I think he'll be a great appointment, like, in my view anyway. Yeah, and I think Stephen Kenny fully deserves his opportunity and his chance to, to lead his country out um, as, as a manager. Um, we might just go back a little bit to, um, obviously, Darren, you were saying you're your season ticket holder since 2014. Um, so you would have caught, obviously, Mc, um, Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane and um, Mick McCarthy as well when when you compare what would you first of all would you have been a fan of Mick McCarthy's style of play and what he was doing for Ireland because I suppose from a fan's perspective results were coming we were scoring goals but maybe the performances weren't very nice nice on the eye but again we were getting those results we were getting to playoffs um obviously got to the playoff under under McCarthy um did you like kind of what McCarthy did in his second stint as manager yeah I thought I thought at home uh performance were really good um I think just what was kind of let us down was that game in Switzerland where there was horrible conditions um and he got it wrong that night um I think the last game against Denmark you know that was probably the best I've seen Ireland playing at home in for a while when we were you know Chasing we gave him Portugal, we were chasing the game, we were the better team all night. Um and I think yeah, I mean really I don't think I mean the, the way games are a bit patchy, Gibraltar way is a bit patchy as well. And I know again there was kind of freak weather conditions there when you had a an apparent very bad wind that kind of couldn't let them play. But home home I thought we really, really weren't anytime we played at home, we were kind of the dominant team. Switzerland at home I thought we were very good as well. Um and I thought the way McCarthy was probably Got the best use out of Glenn Whelan that I've seen kind of any of the Irish managers do that. He really, Whelan's last um, 12 months in Iron Jersey were probably his most, I know he started well under Chapatoni as well, but I think the start and the end of his career, you know, really he kind of, the player we kind of, you know, used, because he's actually a very good player. Like, what we kind of sometimes didn't know is kind of 
use him the way we could have because he can actually go forward but he can kind of pass the ball a bit and um and he is you know as a kind of you know defensive kind of martial arts command he's excellent sometimes that gets kind of overlooked by people um i think mccarthy you know he does kind of simply you know, he kind of gives players you know a lot of belief in themselves and it gives them a bit of freedom you know he trusts the fullbacks to bomb up and down the pitch and I think that was kind of evident, um, particularly the last home game against Summer, you know, how kind of no fear some of the players had it going up and found. I think um I think just the away from home results were, were caught to serve. But I also have to acknowledge he didn't get that much uh, you know, time. He was he was kind of straight into the job. There was no friendlies. Now Mick is well used to that, you know, these kind of the type of jobs he gets, you know, you know, the manager kind of gets sacked, Mick comes in, you've seen Ricardo if he's able to hit the ground running and I thought he was a bit unlucky not to get a crack at that playoff in the Euros. You'd think he deserved that one. Um, it was just the way it was very unfortunate with the coronavirus hit and then the contract situation that he couldn't do it. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's hard to know. And then I even thought, yes, yeah, by Kenny, we played very well that night and we were lucky not to win. But yeah, it was a lucky for Mick McCarthy, I'd say. Anto, if Mick McCarthy was in charge for that playoff game against Slovakia, would we be in the Euro 2020 slash 21? Um, I think on the night at all, we played well enough to win the game. So I think it was just we were just unlucky on the night. I don't think necessarily if Mick McCarthy was a manager or anything else would have changed as such, but um, it was a game that we probably left behind us really. like, And then obviously the lottery of the penalties then cost us on that, but... Um, I wouldn't necessarily say if we had McCarthy still at the helm. Now, I do agree he should have been left off to, to have the crack at himself before Kenny came in once the, once we secured the playoff. But um, no, I just think it was just one of them nights. I think if they were still there now, we'd still be struggling to score. It's just the way things were going that night. It's just one of them nights, unfortunately for us. Yeah, and I suppose, again, in different circumstances, different environments, um, different non-pandemic environments there would have been the obviously the, the, the two legged um playoff as well um, and those sort of factors come come into play and it's it's very difficult I think as a new manager coming into that situation but I think it was all maybe you might be able to correct me if, if I'm wrong but I think it was obviously based on contracts and handing over and stuff like that and they the contract was a contract that was agreed Stephen Kenny would take over on whatever date it was and that obviously overlapped with the um with the the playoff being been pushed further down the down the line due to the uh, to the pandemic, um, I was just doing a little bit of research be- beforehand over Kenny's um, eight games in charge, and in five out of the eight games, we had more possession than our opponents. Um, obviously, the England game we nowhere near kind of the possession that we would have would have liked and uh, the performance was nowhere near what we what we would have likened to see but again we were up against a very very good England side I know we had a couple of lads missing as well a couple of players missing when you when you guys watched um the first game um the first game when I say first game against Bulgaria uh, the 1-1 draw I know it was a Duffy um equalizer late on did you see signs in that game that, okay, there's a little bit of improvement. We're getting the ball down. I think we had 60, yeah, 63% possession, 14 shots, and we outpassed Bulgaria with 
with 581 passes in that game. Did you see something in that, Dowlin, that we would have been optimistic by? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, especially away from home, or um, that's not something normally Ireland do. So, if you're firing away from home, you know, it's going to be trying to hang in there, you know, keep it tight at the back, and then, you know, maybe push, try, maybe push on your last, you know, 50 minutes if they're tiring and try to get a break. Um, yeah, for us to play like that away from home is unheard, unheard of. Um, definitely, yeah, no, the way you played and, you know, the ball retention, all that has been very good. Um, but the issue is that it's up top, we're lacking a bit of, you know, quality. I think we need the likes of maybe Adam Idak kind of needs to kind of mature a bit. Um, like, so I know he, he was quite good during 21, the natural goal scorer there and has kind of you know, scored a few times in Norwich, but you know, it's a bit different it internationally. needs just needs time. He's quite young as well. Same with Tri Parrot. Um, yeah, no, the performances have been very positive uh, from Kenny and what he's trying to do. I think we just, um, it's going to be like the Nations League. I personally don't rate it too highly as a competition. So I was okay if the results were not going to be, but the performances were going. When we're in a World Cup campaign, um, you have to, you know, get the ball in it. And if that's, if it means that our quality isn't kind of good enough by passing the round and trying to get people in, if it means the ball over the top is going to be the only way that does it, then. You have pacey lads like Conley in that try to get something, and unfortunately, that's where we're going to have to play. Um, so yeah, encouraging, but bear in mind we're in a World Cup campaign and we have to win, so we do need to revert back to the way that works for Ireland if it's not working after no 75 minutes. Just get like some you know, McLean and fast lads and maybe try to get you know balls in over the top, yeah. And I think we can all agree on what the, the negatives have been under Kenny that obviously we're lacking quality when it comes to the final third, whether that's a, a cross, a final pass, and obviously scoring goals, um, which they haven't done. I think it's just, isn't it just the, the one, <laughs> just one. Under, under Stephen Kenny, a Duffy header in the, the 90-something minute. Um, so I think we can all agree on, on the negatives, but Anto, positives in those, those games, and I think maybe not in all the games you could have taken positives, but for me, I could you could see that they were trying to come up with a style of play. They were trying to get the ball down and play as opposed to playing a long ball up to the, up to the center forward or into space and getting James McLean or a Robbie Brady or McGoldrick or someone to, to chase the ball down. What, what positives would, would you um, say were encouraging? I think like just the stats that you were talking about there guys like that just shows straight away that you know the instruction is definitely coming to get the ball down and play a little bit more and you know if it means that we have to go and keep the ball and knock it back rather than just give the ball away that's what he wants to happen he's willing to let the attack build and build and nearly go through phases rather than just hoofing it and saying you know James McLean run after it there or somebody like that which now suddenly don't get me wrong at times you need to do that to get it going, but I definitely think straight away from the few games, there's a lot of positives, even simple stuff. Now, I know we haven't got the goal scores at the minute and we've only scored the one goal, but if you look at the eight games he's been in charge, I think we've conceded seven, but if you take out that England game, you know, we've only conceded four goals then out of eight games, which shows that we're getting a little bit tighter at the back as well. So I think generally it's a lot, 
very positive on what he's trying to do. And I think that's why I'd be very much in the Kenny in camp because I think, you know, another year of time, I know we're heading into a time now of the qualifiers and all, and, you know, you can't necessarily wait and be chasing, especially in the group that we're in and stuff like that. But I definitely think with the style of play he's trying to instill there, it'll, the results will come. Like It's just going to take a little bit of time. And, you know, I, I definitely think there's more positives than negatives since he's took over. And I think that's the main thing. And I think that's the main thing people need to see that, you know, the positives outweigh the negatives, give him a bit of time and that will just continue to increase in my view anyway on it. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, I, 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 I personally do agree with you, Kenny in, um, I can see what he's doing, but I also can try, I can see it from a fan's perspective where no goals, mm. Or one goal, sorry, in eight games, like you said, if you include the England game, seven goals conceded. I, I just think as, as a football fan, you're going to be disappointed if your team, your country, don't score goals. You're going to look at a result and say, yeah, we were shit again today, even though it might not show a true reflection of the whole yeah. game. At the end of the day, as, as a lot of football people say, the most important stat is the one in the top left-hand corner, which is the, the score at the end of the day. It doesn't matter possession doesn't matter about the 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 shots on on target the passes you have you got to put the ball in the back of the net and that's the the main thing obviously the the lack of quality but again I was just looking through in terms of 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 shots that we we had in games and out of just obviously excluding the the England game I think in all the the games we've had double digit in terms of shots and bar which game was it? I think it was yeah the home game against Bulgaria where we actually had no shots on target. We had seven shots in total, none on target. All the other ones we had double digits in terms of shots. Um, but we had no more than four shots on target in any of the games. So again, it shows that potentially we are getting into those positions, but we're not finishing the opportunities. We're not we're not making the most of the opportunities. Or those opportunities are falling to, at the time, obviously not a David McGoldrick, not a Robbie Brady, not a James McLean, the people that you may, you might want the ball to fall to. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we have this time next week, Serbia. Yeah, it's next Wednesday, Serbia away, um, followed by Luxembourg at home, and then the, the friendly against Qatar. We chatted, obviously, last week on the, on the podcast saying, is that Qatar game? necessary with the current circumstances is even all these international games um necessary wish a pandemic can be pushed down further down the line so we won't get in too much into that What I'd like for us to do is to potentially analyse the squad that's available and potentially pick a team out of that that squad. Um, obviously, at the moment, um, Randolph is out. Kelleher is pretty much a doubt. I know Westwood played last weekend, so he's very much obviously in contention. Uh, Egan's out. James McCarthy's out. Um I heard today Conley's borderline whether whether it'll be available or not. Um I don't know how true that is. There's very mixed stories about him, isn't there? First yeah. it was a broken rib, now 
I read today it was a COVID violation he had. That's why he hasn't been playing. Yeah, so fingers crossed that he is available because, again, I think he brings something very, very different to the team, gives us a, an, an outlet, a completely different outlet, a bit more of a threat. Um, obviously, Adam, Ida is out. McGoldrick's retired. Jack Burns out. Um, I'm sure I missed one or two. But we might just start dialing with the with the goalkeeping situation. We will just say, no, I'll put the question to you. Would if Calher's fit, does Calher start for you, or would you look elsewhere? Um, Calher starts. I think he's played something. Um, it's seven games Liverpool this year, and he played in the Champions League. Had a great performance. Um, and he seems very confident, young lad. Um, so I have, have no worries about him starting. Um, then the backup, I think, you know, he said last video, but um. Yeah, also to mention the young Gavin, I know he's only like still a teenager, but uh, Gavin, I think. Azuna. Azu. Yeah, he's, I have no uh, trouble with him. I've seen him play for the under-21s and Shamrock Rovers, and he's a, a very confident young lad. Um, so, and he's got some game time this year, I think, at Rochdale. Um, so, I think keepers were probably okay. The, the standing goalkeepers are of reason, are of you know, good quality. We're not chopping down Um too far down the pecking order, if you know what I mean. Um, and then Randolph, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't always start all the time for his club either. Um, so, you know, that's kind of an over. The keepers we have, I'm, I'm happy that the quality is there, that, you know, they can do this job and there won't be, you know, any kind of silly types of goals that have been conceded. Um, so I, I think keeper, okay. Um, where it gets interesting is, we've talked about that, I guess, in a second, is the defence and the midfield, what that will be and how, you know, do you accommodate Matt Doherty and Coleman? That's the real kind of yeah. That's the question. that's the million million dollar question. But um, I think Gavin Mazzuno got <clears throat> player of the month for for Rochdale. I think if if I can remember reading correctly, I think, I think he got clubs their own clubs player of the year though. Club player of the year was it? I don't think it's the, month, the league like. Yeah, but still, that's that's a yeah, yeah. a very encouraging sign. And again, you look at that. As Dowland said, Randolph's not necessarily playing at club level. Westwood, I know, has been injured for a while. Keller is getting a game here and there for Liverpool. Um, Mark Travers isn't playing. I, I know he was he was on loan at Swindon, was recalled to Bournemouth and hasn't played since. So Gavin Mazzoon is actually probably the player gaining the most experience in, and getting the most minutes on, on the pitch. Again, Keller fit. Does he start for, for you, Anto? 100%, yeah. I think he will be the one to start as well, even the 21 connection then as well with Kenny and all. I think I don't think there'll be a question over who starts once he's fit. I definitely think he'll be in. Like, um, and I think Gavin Bazook could get called up as well. So he looked a little bit, I, mean, I knew we were talking about this, he looked a little bit into stuff with him. He's played 30 games this year for Rochdale. So, you know, out of all the keepers that we have available, he's the one that's getting the most game time. So I definitely think he'll be in the squad, but I definitely agree Keller is number one once he's fit. Yeah, Learn to go. and I I think as well for for what Stephen Kenny wants to do in terms of he wants to be able to play out from the back, he wants to be able to pass the ball. Kelleher is probably the best suited out of out of all the keepers that are that are available. I think in in that situation. But again, I'm going to put that question to you. Kelleher is not fit. Randolph's not fit. Who are you going for 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 then? Because the that could be the choice that Stephen Kenny has to. Has to make Anto, I might come to you first on this one. Uh, well, I kind of did up a mock squad of who I pick as a full squad. 
And the second choice I had on it was Mark Travers, just because he's been in the squads before and stuff like that. I think he's two caps or something like that. So I think if Gallagher's not fit, I think he'll be the go-to guy then. Like, I don't think he'll put Gavin Mizuna in yet unless he's really stuck. But um, I think if Gallagher's not fit, I think he'll definitely go Mark Travers, I think, will be the other one. Because when I looked at the list of the keepers as well, them three guys are good and Randolph's still good and all that. But after that, then, it's very... It's a bit checky after that now, I think, of quality, really. Like, so yeah. I think Travers will definitely be the one in if, if Keller's not fit. Yeah, the only other goalkeeper I could could I could think of was um, Kieran Hara. Yeah, he was in the last squad, so... Burton, Burton Albion, I think, former Man United. Is he still actually part of the, the United? Or is yeah, he's, he's on loan still at Burton. On loan, isn't he? Um. Dowlin, would you agree bringing in a, a minute man in, in Mark Travers in as, as number one if Kelleher wasn't fit, or would you be looking at more of a more experienced um goalkeeper in Westwood? Um neither. I would go go bold and yeah, give Gavin a shot. Um I think I've seen him play Europa League um a few years ago, two years ago for overs, and he was very, very impressive then and he's has he won't be. He won't, I don't think he'll be phased out of his death. And he has been, you know, was training in the first team in Man City for you know some time. He would be, you know, around world class players. Um, and now he's getting game time at Rochdale. Um, and he's probably got the most minutes out of all the keepers this year. So I wouldn't um, be too phased if he was in. Plus, again, he has kind of come through the ranks underage, and you know he's not. Yeah, Dow- Dowland's decision there reminds me of um, a podcast I listened to where Stephen Kenny was talking about um, when he was obviously with, with the 21s and he'd obviously just gotten the appointed the Ireland manager for obviously two years down the line. And he was talking about he's not he, he doesn't necessarily want to select the best player available. He wants to select the best player with the best potential, which is always interesting. So he was obviously plucking players from 17s, 18s, 19s, as opposed to just your 20-year-olds or 21 year olds or whatever um so i think uh i think yourself and Stephen kenny would get on very well there in, in in terms of how you're thinking and and looking to the future and, and looking to give lads lads opportunities um again do would i start gavin bazuna see i don't it's not that we're buying closed doors aren't we in serbia yeah yeah. So you won't have an intimidating crowd behind them, right? Like you know, you typically when you go to Belgrade. Um, I don't think you'll get. I don't think you'll do anything silly. I think he'd be a calm head. Um, I, yeah, I don't see him doing anything silly, and he's a fantastic shot stopper. Maybe his ball distribution isn't as good as Kelleher's, but um, he's a. I can't see him that narrowing down. Basically, if he does start, if he does start, and it's not. Um, Yes, it is from deep, but it's, you know, we are behind closed doors. It's not this typical Serbian hostile atmosphere we see, so. Yeah, that's a, that, that is a fair point. Um, I think he's I think he's a really good goalkeeper, but the thing I'd say about it from Kenny's point of view is if he does put him in, and God forbid, you know, he makes a mistake or something, because Kenny's under a little bit of pressure of people talking about how the start has been and all that, you know, then all of a sudden people are saying, oh, you put a 17-year-old in goals. Rather than saying, you know, you put a Mark Travers in or so people that maybe not, haven't played as much football as Gavin, but the fact because of his age and all, I just can't see it happening. I just think it'd be 
too much for risk, even though I think he's a really good goalkeeper. I've seen him playing for overs a good few times and stuff like that. And I've seen him a little bit playing for Rochdale this year. And there's no doubt he's a great keeper and has plenty of potential, definitely, to be Ireland's number one for 20 years. Like. But um, I just think it's be a massive risk if, God forbid, you know, he came out for a cross and he dropped it or something and he drops it into a survey fellow, taps it into the net. I just can't see Kenny taking that risk as much as he might believe in him. And so I just, I definitely think it'd be last, last resort for him to stick him in now. Yeah, and I, I would tend to agree, Anto. But then you could throw in the argument, Kelleher, that mm. realistically, how many games has he played for Liverpool? Um, and I think Jamie Quinn, I can't remember if you mentioned on the podcast or when we were chatting off, off air, but he was saying Gavin Mazzuna has played more games. Hey. And the fact that he, he'll probably be better developed in a couple of years' time, as opposed to Kevin Keller, because he's playing more games, he's getting more opportunities and experiences. And um, again, that could be another debate that we could probably spend all, all evening on. Um, we might move on, as as Dylan said, an interesting um, area of the pitch is the defenders. But before we start naming names and, and picking players, does anyone else think or see an opportunity for Ireland to play with? three slash five at the back with wing backs and um, maybe to accommodate Seamus Coleman and um, Matt Doherty but also to play Matt Doherty and Enda Stevens in their preferred positions because that's where they've both excelled obviously at, at Wolves for Matt Doherty last season we see him struggling this season when it comes to playing as a right back for Spurs um, and Enda Stevens has always pretty much been a, a left wing back for, for Sheffield United. Anyone else agree with me on, on Ireland and Stephen Kenny looking at a, a three slash five at the back with wing backs? Yeah, it's not too far on. The only thing is, is that the midfield is probably where all our talent is at the moment. Um, so if you bring them through, that means you've got three to pick from. So who gets the other slot? You have Hendrick playing well, you have Knight, Malumbi. Um, you know, Conor has been was one of Ireland's better players in the last campaign. So then who do, who do the other three then become? Because the big kind of topic then, who do you leave out? Um, because that's probably where our most of the best. And then Alan Brown as well. I mean, he's you know he's probably our best chance of a goal with his... <laughs> I know he hasn't scored far in yet, but you know he, he does, you know, he's fairly consistent at putting him in net for Preston. Um, so then the question is, who would you leave out in midfield then? Um, if you do do that. Yeah, just before... Yeah, just before we touch on obviously midfield, we, we might just go, go through defenders. And I'm just going to throw this out, out there. If I was if I was Stephen Kenny, I'd 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 look at a at a back three with two wing backs, as in I'd be looking at obviously Matt already one side, Enda Stevens the other. I'd be looking at Seamus Coleman as as one of the, the three centre backs. I'd be looking at Shane Duffy, and again, his form. I do at times question, and I think Dale mentioned at the start of the, the, the episode, of his positioning and in terms of, of, of the high lines and, and stepping out. Like I was at the, um, you might have been at as well, I think it was the, the Denmark game where was it Fabian Schaar for, um, or no, sorry, Switzerland. Fabian Schaar for Switzerland literally ran the, the whole length of the pitch, but it was like Shane Duffy was 10 yards behind. Um, John Egan when and literally Shar 
ran into the box and obviously put the ball in the back of the net. But I remember looking because I was right up the back of, of the Aviv and you were looking down, you could see so much space between Shane Duffy and the other centre half in terms of he's right back almost in no man's land between Darren Randolph and the the def- defensive line. Um, but I would, based on he's our, probably her biggest threat. And you know, you mentioned Alan Brown for, for a goal, but thanks Shane Duffy's our biggest threat is uh, when, it comes, <laughs> when it comes to goal. And that yeah. might show you how we're lacking in quality further up the pitch. Um, and our then, defenders and their, their goal scoring records. I know, man. I know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy to think. And yet he, he only has, well, I, only, I say only has, he's four goals for Ireland. Um, I think it is. Um, the other one, which might be debatable, but I was looking at Kieran Clark bringing him back in as a as a centre half. I think he's played. I think he play, he plays well for Ireland. He's not afraid to get stuck in, and I think he's the next best option when we are obviously without without John uh, John Egan. Um, what what are you thinking in terms of the the back line, Anto? I think uh, I agree with you. I think they should play the, the wing backs like, because um, I wrote down like a team if I was to pick the team. Or, and I the same as you. The only thing I had up in the air was maybe playing Long or Clark. That was which one. But I definitely think Coleman can come back into the tree and all. And uh, because I think, say, if you play Matt Doherty and you don't play Coleman, and say you were to play Long, Duffy, and Clark, I think you're definitely losing something then. By not having Coleman still there, you know, um, but no, I definitely, I think when it comes to the international team, you need to play who are like your best players to a degree, and you know, I know it's not going great for him at the minute, but if you can get Doherty back playing to a wing back that he doesn't play with at Spurs, that's where we'll see the best from him, and then as well as that, I think by playing Coleman as the right of a tree gives him that bit of cover to get forward a little bit more because that's definitely where he's better going forward and he is defending. So at least then you still have Coleman there to give him a bit of cover. And I still stick, like, you know, seeing a little bit going online about people saying Duffy shouldn't be in the squad and all. But I think that's crazy. Like, he definitely should still be. He's never let Ireland down, let's put it that way. So, and if you take him yeah. out, who, who do you put in? That's the other question, you know? Yeah. So um, I had the five and I'd say just on game time as well, Clark probably just edges out Kevin Long for me, but it's have the same five then as yourself, like. Dowlin, how how do you fit uh, Seamus Coleman and Matt Doherty into the same team, or do you? Um, if I had to pick one, I would go with um, Seamus, just as he is a better, I think, all around player, and he is the leader of the team. Um, I think that was lacking in no wonder game when Coleman was missing, kind of you know, bit of leadership. Um. In regards to Shane Duffy, I would still sorry, I know I mentioned over about his line, but he's also our best defender from set pieces as well. Um so you have to balance that out as well. I think I would probably go with Clark as well. And I think if Stevens is kind of no, he's had a bit of injury, but if he's fit, he, he can uh play the other uh left wing back. Um but no, I think if everyone's fit, I think that um the the back three and then the wing back kind of pick themselves. 
Um, the question I think now is the fun bit when we pick centre mids, who, who do they be? Because this is where we have actually some talent um, and players that are on form. You know, if you have Jason Knight, um, you have, you know, Josh Cullen, you have Malumbi, uh, then you have the, the Hendricks, the Brady's, you have Connor Burhan, who, Alan Brown, like, who, how are you going to accommodate and what's going to work? So that's what we need to. Yeah. Um, so if we will say if if we're all in agreement of playing five at the back, two wing backs, do we play, do we play then almost like two hold the midfielders, maybe potentially allowing one to put a, push a little bit forward, but also has the capability to sit, and then do we play or opt for almost like three forwards? So a striker and a right wing and left wing forward is 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 that what we're looking at in in that sort of formation or what way have you kind of put it together, Dowling? Um, what do I think is best, or what do I think Kenny will do? I suppose both. I think I know. I'd like to see Jason Knight play. Um, then I think you need either. Um, you need either Brady or Conor Huron to play just to get some distribution, you know, going like in set, set plays and you know, being able to spread the ball. For me, Conor Huron to the edge of he's since he got that low move, he's you know back on form, he's you no know, scoring every other week, and there's you no know, get grabbing assists as well and playing nice football. Um, then my other midfield probably. I'm not sure if I probably would edge in Jeff Hendrick based on you know what he's kind of previously has kind of always been fairly you know reliable and then he's, he's kind of a good workhorse around the place. That that would be mine. Yeah I was just I was gonna ask Anto and um obviously Dowlin is a fan of, of Jeff Hendrick. Do you think it's time maybe to move on or move away from Jeff Hendrick? Do you think he's still living on your 2016 moments? Um, for me, personally, I just think at times he's been a huge disappointment for Ireland. But there has been an, a couple of games under Kenny where you, you, saw, you saw him getting on the ball and actually turning and facing forward and trying to pass forward. But I think there was times under, obviously Mick McCarthy times under... Martin O'Neill where he was getting the ball and almost almost playing the, the simple pass he was getting it to feet and playing it back to the centre half or playing it back to the right back or to, to the left back he wasn't trying to, to, to make things happen he wasn't trying to create things but I think I'm at the stage now with Hendrick where I just think maybe there's an opportunity for someone to come in there um, possibly a younger player possibly uh, Malumbi possibly Cullen and um, Alan Brown, maybe. What's your stance with with Hendrick, Anto? Uh, he didn't make the cut for me anyway. Um, I think a little bit like that. I think to a degree, maybe living on past glory, and then obviously this season with the club he's at as well. I just think it's been a bit of a struggle. Um, I don't see at the minute what he really offers too much. Like, I think he's he's solid without necessarily doing a whole lot and I just think 
he doesn't offer enough for me on the ball, really, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's definitely a player to still have around. I wouldn't say cut him completely out and not have him near the squad again or anything like that. But I just think maybe, especially going into a new campaign, I think this is the chance really for Kenny to come in. I know he's missing a couple of players, but kind of put down a stamp of, no, this is the way forward in his eyes. And I think that's what he'll do because in a little bit of a mock team, I did a play two-hole in midfielders. I kind of played a 2 3 one like. And I picked Malumbi and Cullen, like. And uh, just, I think, that might be the way forward for the future. And I think we've already touched on a little bit with the 21 and stuff that I don't think Kenny would be afraid to play either of them. I think he definitely trusts both of them. Even, especially, I think Cullen should definitely play. Um, like, the move to Anderlecht's done him the world of good. And, mm. you know, everything that comes out of Anderlecht about him at the minute seems to be hugely positive of nearly to the degree that they can't believe they got as good a player as they have kind of thing. And so I think maybe it's going into a new campaign, maybe a little bit of change in the regard of not the same names playing there and just the time to freshen up and give these lads a chance. You know, we've been talking these kind of 21 players up for since Kenny was there, really, since he took over of maybe two or three years, we've been talking these players up and maybe now is the chance going into a new campaign to give them the chance and see where we are really at with them. Are they ever going to be good enough or are they not going to be good enough? So I would pick Malumbi and Cullen to play against yeah. Serbia. And I kind of tend to, to agree with that. It's almost an opportunity for Kenny to to, to give these lads. And, and as a fan, as obviously an Ireland fan, I'm happy for that to, for, for Stephen Kenny to give these lads an opportunity. And if it means we don't qualify, we don't qualify. But if there's progress being made, if there's lads being given opportunities and there's, a, we'll say, a style of play, there's potential. I'd, I'd almost give up uh, qualifying for for um, for a World Cup, um, even though obviously you'd love to see Ireland at a World Cup. Um, I don't. I, I I think I would almost give that up just to see a bit of progress and opportunities for for the younger lads. Um, like like Dylan said, it is interesting looking at the midfield because I think that's I agree with Dylan. That's where we have a lot of quality. It's just trying to find those partnerships, the ones that 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 suit each other. Personally, I I I don't know if you have who Hurahan in your team somewhere else, Anto, but I think you might be a bit mad leaving him out. Um, just in terms of just just in terms of what he's doing at on, on, with his loan spell at, at Swansea at the moment, Dowling touched on it that he's grabbing a goal or an assist every every second game or so, and um, that's given him a huge confidence boost going into to these games. And you look at the rest of the team, and there's not a lot of players with confidence at the moment. Um. So I think I would have kind of Hurahan as one of those two that are that are sitting in in front almost, and obviously when the when Doherty and Stevens push forward, you could almost have four in the midfield there. Um, but I think I'd go with Malumbi in beside him just because he's such a workhorse. I know, um, he obviously didn't get much game time at Brighton. He's on loan. Who's he at loan, on loan at at the moment? Preston. 
Preston, that's one. And I don't think he's getting too much game time there either at the moment. But I think he has shown, again, passion. He's shown that he's able to get stuck in in the games that he has played for, for Ireland. So I think I, I would go for Malumbi and Hurhan as those two hold the midfielders. So I think we're all in a disagreement there with our with our, with our two. Um, Darren, just might come back to you. What, what, what do you think? Like I know myself and Anto touched on not being Jeff Hendricks' biggest fan at the moment. Um, what, what do you think he offers Ireland or what positives do you see by having him in Ireland starting 11 come Serbia next next week? Um, kind of the opposite to what you said. I think he would bring experience to a relatively inexperienced um, midfield. Um, he is, you know, he's, he's played a lot of Premier League games. Um, I think, you know, I think maybe with uh, Martin towards the end of the campaign, he was kind of playing him slightly out of position, or just back to the goal, and it doesn't really suit him. Um, he has played well. He has started well for Newcastle. I know they had that dose of COVID going around the camp, and I know a lot of players were hitting and missing a lot of players, and some got it quite bad. So I wouldn't, you know, you know Steve Bruce is kind of using an excuse as well, but from that would have quite an impact, you know, if you know, one of our players weren't even able to train, they could only train in like small numbers, and literally were putting, you know, like if, uh, a Sunday league team, you know, putting a squad together like literally at the last minute. Um, so. I would have wouldn't judge him too much lately on like based on what happened at Newcastle Christmas. But I think he's Ireland, he's unspectacular, I agree, since the Euros, but I think we kind of played him out of position he does. He's a, a good worker, and I'd say you know, he can with you know pass the ball well if he's you know behind another player is again position. He does have a a nice shot as well. Um again, you know, my you know, trouble a keeper, um, which you know we're going to have to you know get players that are not not afraid to have a go. Um, so that's why I would keep him in. I know we could probably go Alan Brown as well, but I think first game of the campaign Serbia, where you know he is going to be a bit of you know physicality as well. I put Jeff in for that, but I see why you know but everyone kind of tied kick on to become the player. He did after yours didn't. I mean. Before the Euros, where was he playing? He was playing at Derby and then he went you know, to Burnley and he did very well at Burnley. He went to Newcastle and was linked with AC Milan. I know, know it's not the AC Milan of old, but like he's, he's, he is quite a good player. Like You don't play you know, that many Premier League games as he played, you know, 100 plus and not be a good player. He is, but he has quality. Um, maybe his performance has been inconsistent, but I've never described him as you know, you know, like one of the players that should not have been on the pitch. He was never like, that bad, just the expectation, I think, were too high. But I would, I would keep him in just because it's going to be a relatively inexperienced midfield. Yeah, and, and I think you make a lot of valid points in, in fairness because I think when when he first burst onto the scene with Ireland, he was almost playing as a, as a, as a number 10, as an attacking midfielder. And that's where we kind of saw the, the best out of Jeff Hendrick. And again, may, maybe, like, I personally do think it is a confidence thing when, the Ireland lads come along to the Ireland camp and play internationals for Ireland. It's not the same. And I remember witnessing a goal at Burnley and I think it was um, Brady Hendrick and Stephen Ward all involved in pretty much one, two touch football. The three of them were involved in the goal. I think it was Hendrick that, that scored. It might've been Chelsea away. can't remember who it was against. So 
I get your points there in, in, in the sense that, yeah, he, do, he does have quality. You don't play 100 plus Premier League games for, for, for no reason. You don't get a move to, or potent, a potential move to, to AC Milan. Um, so may, maybe in, in this new system that, that we've come up with, maybe Jeff, uh, Jeff Hendrick would, would, would kick on to, to what we hoped we would see a lot more of in, a, in an Ireland shirt. Um, I'm just going, just going to throw it out there. Would would anyone look at potentially Jamie McGrath being called up into the Irish squad based on his performances for St. Mirren? Um, a couple of standout performances against Celtic and Rangers this season. Um, I think he has double digits in terms of goals. I know some of them have been penalties, but still, at the end of the day, you're putting the ball in the back of net. You're an Irish player that's high on confidence at the moment, back from injury. Um, Anto, could you see Jamie McGrath potentially breaking into the to the squad? Yeah, I have him in the squad, in my squad, anyway. Um, like I said, he's 10 goals in this, this season for St. Mary, he's three assists as well. I know even just talking from you, both of us seem to follow him a little bit of keep an eye on what he's up to and all, and he's definitely a standout player, although maybe for St. Mary, you might think a whole lot, but he's doing it against... Celtic, he's doing it against Rangers. I know, like when he was playing League of Ireland, he was doing it as well. So he's definitely made the transition very easily to Scottish football, anyway. And it's not like people, some people say, oh, he's playing Scottish football and all this kind of stuff. But he's doing it against Rangers and he's doing it against Celtic. And people see what Rangers have done this year up there. So, like, I definitely think I'd have him in the squad, knocking around anyway. I, I don't think it'll do any harm. And I think it's something like I keep going on about a little bit of kind of the change in the regard to a degree and, you know, just a new fresh face around. I think he's one of the best talents we've come through that nobody seems to really see or talk about really. Like, so I definitely have him in the squad anyway. Yeah. 100%. And, and when you look at, when you look at St. Marin, for example, sorry, Dan, I'll let you come in there in a sec. Um, you look at St. Marin and they would have been there, thereabouts odds on for, for, for relegation mm. um, in the Scottish Premier League. And, um, I know there's a couple of Ireland lads up there and, and obviously the, the manager is Irish as well. Um, so good, good kind of connection. But um, I think Jamie McGrath's performances has potentially warranted a, a call-up. Maybe not an appearance for, for Ireland, but definitely in, in amongst the squad, I, I think he deserves it at, at, at this stage. Um, Dowlin, Jamie McGrath for the Ireland squad? Yeah, I'm a big fan of him was at the dock and before the dock was at Pats, was it? Um yeah, no, I've been a, a big fan of him. Um, he was always you know, one of the up and come players to me. People told to watch out for it. Um, I mean, look, our next game is against, uh, I certainly wouldn't show him in against Serbia, but then we have Luxembourg, uh, a home in Qatar. There's definitely room to show him in there. Um, I mean, Luxembourg, I mean, I know we beat their under 21 team pretty convincingly uh, last time, so mm-hmm. I doubt there's no huge step up under. Uh, I think there's a huge step up between their under-21s and their senior side. Um, so, absolutely, they're having the squad. Um, I nearly also potentially, like, um, other than dark winger, uh, Michael Duffy, I believe his transfer came through. His, uh, he's a phenomenal talent uh, as well. Um, the question is, I don't... I, what I would hope is, um, after... Serbian Luxembourg will get some dropouts um, actually due to injuries and I would have him on standby 
certainly to get him into the get him some time because he's a really good talent as well and could be you know another option because we only the system we're playing only works if um, Coleman and McDowell here fit. If either of them get injured, we have to rethink the whole thing as well. So we don't need attacking players. Um, and he's really a great talent. And yeah, I would have him on, on standby alone because by the time we get to Qatar, there's going to be some injuries and some you know, players that can't play. Yeah, and you, you beat me to my next question. I was going to ask you, would there be any um, League of Ireland players worthy of, of, a, of a call-up, especially with, obviously, Stephen Kenny um, in the position that he that he finds himself? Um, yeah, Michael Duffy, I think I think he's been an excellent servant for, for League of Ireland, for, for Dundalk over the last couple of years. Um, and obviously, with the, 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 the nationality transfer clearance has, has been put through, I think that's taken a couple of years as well. Um, and would you see anyone else maybe in the, the League of Ireland um, potentially breaking into the into the squad just before we touch on maybe our, our front three? I think there's a few knocking around, but I think for the two qualifiers, I don't think you'd call any of them. I think maybe like, as uh, Dowling was saying there, if he had a couple of dropouts after the qualifiers, he might go and look for a couple of them to come through. Um, but I'm not sure what way the Qatar game falls with the, with the league and all. I know there's the league starting this weekend and all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure how easy it'll be for him to get the players out. Like, um, That's an excellent point. I overlooked that. Especially with the COVID and all that kind of stuff as well, like on top of that. Um, the league so starts... It's still at home, is it? Because I believe it's, in, it's, been... it's in Bulgaria, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's been, I think it's been moved to, to somewhere else in Europe. I think it's Bulgaria. But um, just with the league starting this weekend, I can't imagine... You know, because obviously you're going to look at if he's going to take League of Ireland players, he's going to be taking the best League of Ireland players. Then all of a sudden, you know, God forbid, there's a case of COVID in the camp. What way does that leave the league here? Never mind players coming back and all that. And I don't know if you've seen the story today about Lewandowski either of his to play no. against England. No. Got to do with the COVID rules for Germany to England. If he plays in England for Poland, he's to isolate for two weeks when he gets back to Germany. And he'll miss three games for Bayern Munich. So there's a bit of a club country battle going on there now at the minute. Yeah, and obviously we, we touched on that last week um, in terms of players having to, to quarantine when, when yeah. they come back from international duty. Um, obviously the, the same thing affects uh, Jude Bellingham for with Dortmund yeah. and, and his England call-up. Um, we might, yeah, we, we might move on to Obviously, our, our front three then, um, obviously with the, the two wingers potentially pushing, moving back into a midfield position. Um, but for me, I went with Jason Knight. I just thought the couple of games he's played for Ireland, he brought energy, he brought, brought passion, kind of kind of similar to Malumbi in, in, in a sense. And he's, Jason Knight seemed to bring a little bit of, of, a little bit of quality. Um, I know Wayne Rooney absolutely loves him. I'm pretty, pretty sure he has the captain's armband as well at, at Derby County. And that just shows... What um, what sort of a character? What sort of a leader? What sort of a player Jason Knight is? If Wayne Rooney is trusting you with the with the captain's armband at at such such a young age, so I went with Jason Knight on on the right, and um, went with um, Robbie Brady on the left again. Fingers crossed whether Brady will be fit or not, um, and maybe the controversial one up front just went old school and said Shane Long. I don't know if you guys would agree with with um, those three players. 
might go to, to you first, Dowling. Um, yeah, Jason Knight. I think I kind of had him in my kind of more of a in the in the middle. Um, you know, we could certainly have Jason Knight there. Um, Robbie Brady. If we're going to start with um, Hurahan, I think we can take out Brady and maybe swap him for McLean. I think or Connolly. I think we just need a bit more pace, uh, you know, around to to shove to shove them a bit. Um, yeah, and then. Up front, I Shay Long will work. Um, he'll, he'll hold the ball up. He's still no, he still has great uh hang time in the air. His pace isn't gone, but I wouldn't have him in for the pace. I'd have him for his ability to hold the ball up. He still has that great aerial leap. Um, and nice touch. Again, where I think if you look at that thing, where are the goals going to come from? Um. That, that's the next question now. Like, because I mean, I know Shane Long can score, but he's not like, you know, it, it just the thing. I mean, they're all good players, but I mean, you need. I mean, this way the argument comes on for Alan Brown. So I guess you know, yes, you know, for chasing the game in the second half, we're gonna have to look at like, so, you know, Alan Brown coming on or like, you know, players that won't be afraid to have a go and try something. Um, and things are also on work. I'd also look at maybe bringing Daryl Horgan on. He's kind of done well since he's moved to Icon. Um, again, plays in periods. You can have a great, be great for 10 minutes, disappear for 10 minutes and that. But I think, you know, for chasing the game, have like, like, so, you know, Alan Brown, Daryl Horgan, come on, I would try to do something. Um, but overall, I think, yeah, Gary, maybe take out, just take out Brady. Uh, as I think Huron will cover us with the, you know, the set plays and distributions and, uh, like a bit more pace because we're not picking down for his pace. Mm-hmm. Even though he's still he's not slow by any means, but he's not the he's not the, the rocket he once was. Yeah, and I, like I suppose another option what we what we could kind of suggest to, to Stephen Kenny if he's listening is um, potentially go with, with with two up top and have someone else in 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 the midfield. Um, that could be an option to, to leave a bit of space for Matt Doherty and, and the Stevens to, to push on even further forward on, on those wings. Um, Ando, what, what way is your kind of front line looking? Yeah, I played like, I always had the two hole in my field, so then I played a one and then two strikers. And basically for the point you just made, to give Stevens and Matt Doherty space really, you know, I think if you crowd it too much, it just cuts out what you're trying to do really by having wing backs. Um, so I played Conor Hurin as the one, just on the form he's in, etc. And then I agreed with yourself, just because, for being honest, like we don't really have a striker. When you look at the options and all, like so I had Shane Long as well, just pretty experienced, you know, he can hold the ball up. He's scored goals along the way. I think he's the best as far as that goes for what we have at the minute. And then just on the bit of news here today, I went with Aaron Connolly as well up top. Um, as the two fingers crossed and you know he makes it and all that I know people might say he might be a little bit rusty from the few weeks off and all that but um, I think he just has that little bit of quality that if he's he's available I think you play him you know I don't think you don't play him you know that kind of way and I just think you know if we were struggling in a game you know he could go out and play a little bit wider and stuff like that and if we're struggling on a side you know and Hura could drop back in so that's the way I went I went with them three kind of as my attacking uh, but I was in two minds over between Long and Collins, like, but I just think Long has that little bit more, you know, he's a bit more experienced and stuff like that. And 
especially with the team I picked is pretty kind of young through the middle and all that kind of stuff so that's why I kept long in yeah I obviously if if Connolly was fit I'd, I'd have Connolly in ahead of of Shane Long um, I do think actually, Anto, just just when you mention it, is Connolly fit though, or is it? You said we had a COVID violation. Or... It's a rumor today, or something yeah. came out that he's going to be available now. Uh, so we don't know. It's <laughs> find a, out tomorrow. Bit all bit all over the place. Yeah, we'll we'll find out tomorrow with the squad <laughs> announcement on, on on Thursday. Um, but just the the point that you made there, Anto, that. You wonder maybe if an Aaron Connolly and uh, James Collins or um, Shane Long and, and James Collins could work maybe as, as a two up front where James Collins is obviously more of a, of a target man. Mm. Um, Shane Long, Connolly maybe running in behind, dropping short for, for, for the ball, kind of linking the play. That could be potentially um, an option. Like you said, Callum Robinson hasn't really been getting too much game. I think he played 23s for, for West Brom. Yeah. Uh, last the last couple of weeks, um, Shawnee McGuire kind of a goal here and there for 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 Preston Collins. I think he has about ten goals this. I think he's about nine ten goals this season, but he hasn't played over the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, Scott Hogan six goals for a struggling Birmingham side, but again, I think the games that he's played for Ireland, he hasn't really shown too much from from what I can remember. Um, and again, amongst all those, there's a goal for Maguire, goal for Collins. I don't know if you want to give the goal to Callum Robinson. The the I think it was the own goal against um, Gibraltar at home. Um, apart from that, are you putting all the uh, responsibility on a young Troy Parrott? I don't know. Would would you would you put him in Dowling or? Um, um, obviously, I think we'd all have him in the squad. But would you would you take a chance with him? No, um, great player, but from stuff I've read, I wouldn't be overly impressed with his attitude. And um, won't comment too much on this, but I he's a bit to learn, needs to mature a bit. Um, I have him in the squad, maybe off the bench, but I don't know. If, um, I haven't said that when I watched him play the 21s and then that part of that, the under 17 side that lost to Holland in that. Bizarre penalty shootout. Um, I thought he was really exceptional and was going to like really go all the way. He was you know, then promising at Spurs, but if Mourinho is to be believed, he needs to, you know, maybe take a take a step back. Um, certainly, yeah, we need we, he's a natural goal scorer. We need him in, in the squad. Potentially, if we have to throw some offense, no, I wouldn't start. Um, I'd rather long start. Even James Collins, if we could go with two, he's actually a much better player than I thought he was. When he was first called up, I was like, I just thought this lad's just big. Um, but no, he actually is a, a nice player. He works hard um, and can nick a goal. Um, no, not for me, Chai Parrot, no. Yeah. And, and I, Maguire, was the I believe Chad Evans is now taking him out of the Preston side. Um, Dan Maguire off the bench. No, I, I, if you, if you, I either go long up front, um, kind of on his own, kind of, or else if you did do two, put long and Collins, kind of. Yeah, and I, I, I do think as well we have to remember Troy Parrott is nineteen years years of age. I think, th- think he's nineteen, isn't yeah. he? Correct. Um, so, 
again, there's been so much hype around Troy Parrott since the age of 15, 16. Um, and we also have to take that into consideration. I know he scored his first goal for, for Ipswich, or his first senior goal, which was obviously great to see. Again, a little bit of confidence going into an international break. Um, but again, I can see Stephen Kenny almost taking that, yeah, taking his time, using them in the right in the right way, as opposed to just again chucking them in. Like we said, if Gavin Bazuna was to make a mistake, that would obviously be a lot of pressure then under Stephen Kenny as well, and maybe it could be the same for for Troy Parrish. Um, but I, again, I think Daniel mentioned maybe James McLean on uh, on the left. I I kind of think at this stage James McLean again great servant for Ireland top 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 lad plays with his heart on the sleeve gives everything every single game whether he comes on for a minute whether he's playing 90 minutes for Ireland he gives everything I just think maybe he he will be more beneficial to the team as an impact player coming yeah. off the bench for, for maybe the, the, the last 20 minutes and so that's kind of where I I, I would have or, or, or push um, James McLean um, and again I think Alan Brown would, would be one of the, the, the first off the bench as well I, I think he I do think he provides a goal threat and I think he was he was very unfortunate in, in a couple of those games where he got a lot of abuse afterwards because of his opportunities that he missed or opportunities that he didn't take um, which I thought was very harsh but I gotta give him credit that he was in those positions. He was finally yeah, getting absolutely. himself into those positions. So I think that was a great shout out and saying about Alan Brown potentially starting. And I was almost had him in the starting team, but I was just kind of looking for a bit more balance and based on Connor Huron. But then again, maybe if I was to change to a similar formation to Anto, I'd have Alan Brown in that team. Um so I I don't know. Do you guys look at that that squad and say I don't want to say it's it's a quality squad, but it's not as bad as we as we thought. No. Maybe just the final third is 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 where we're lacking. I and mean, I think we just lack a natural goal scorer. And then of that list, strike part probably is the most natural. Like if you look at his goal at the weekend, there was a real striker instinct. I'm not sure if you've seen the goal. It was not the spot that kind of bad pass that from the defender. You know, that's kind of you know, Robbie Keane would pick on up on and something like that. You know. Um, I wouldn't see the likes of, you know, uh, against him, James Collins along, picking up on an error like that. You know, it's that kind of awareness and that's quite good he has at that age. Um, showing him in against Serbia away, um, I know it's again behind closed doors, but no, I, I would, for the first hour at least, I would like um, kind of some experience up top and for chasing a goal, yeah, he is one of the ones you have to look to, similar to Alan Brown. Um, I said, it's actually not, it's not really a bad squad. There is quality there, particularly in the midfield. There are some good players. It just, you know, you need players that are, you know, natural strikers that are, you know, getting positions are hungry for a goal um, rather than kind of, you know, relying on the, the kind of midfield to kind of almost you know, put it on a plate because it doesn't kind of always work that way. Yeah, um, I was going to ask Anto, did you have Glenn Whelan or Aidan McGeady in your your squad? Um, I know you were talking about changing at a guard, but 
I know there's a lot of talk this week around um, Aidan McGeady making an appearance in, in, in the squad again. Um, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Uh, neither of them made my squad anyway. Um, I think the McGeady thing's getting probably a little bit blown up just because he's in a little bit of good form. And there's so much talk of how this Ireland squad is struggling at the minute. I think that's the only reason his name has been put around like. Um, same again, like the two of them, I think, have been great servants when they were selected and all that and did what they could, etc. But I just think, you know, I think we're at the stage where we probably have better players than them and we don't necessarily need them anymore. And, you know, like his, you know, like in a year and a half's time and we're still playing these qualifiers, where's Glenn Whelan going to be then, realistically, like? And McGeady say they're not going to be playing super football every week. Like, and you know, I know McGeady's playing in Sunderland and all that's a big club, but it's the, like not that the level's not great, but I'd like to think we have better knocking around. Like, I think people have been so hard on the Ireland squad of late, and I really think it's only a striker is all we're struggling for. I think if we could yeah, find somebody. That's half as good as what, say, Robbie Keane was. I don't think we'd be having a talk of how poor the squad is and all, because they definitely think we have the squad there. Even you think, like, even talking between us here, picking our team, and we're talking about people coming off the bench. We're not talking about lads coming off the bench just to get them off the bench. Like, we're talking about lads that can come on and actually impact the game and make something happen. Like, you know, we're talking about Alan Brown, whether they'll come off and do something. McLean comes off the bench for 20 minutes he's going to give you everything he has for 20 minutes so we're not talking about you know just bringing players on for the sake of it and you know we're talking about Troy Parrott maybe coming off the bench and being able to nick a goal and all that and unfortunately I think for as far as the point on Troy Parrott I think is that because we're lacking so much in a striker and there's been a t- bit talk about his records coming up and all that people have put such a hype on him to be the next big thing and maybe to a degree that's got to him and in his own head, I know he's, from what you hear anyway, he's not necessarily the most screwed on off the pitch and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully, like, you know, being out alone and stuff like that sorts that for him, and he will be the fella. But I just think because we're lacking so much for a striker, we're crying out for, like, oh, please, you be the next Robbie Keane. Or, you know, and that's what the problem is. when He might necessarily ever be that. Um, but I think, like, we definitely have the squad, so I don't think we need to be going back looking at the likes of McGeady and people like that anymore. I think we should be focusing on, like, I'd prefer to see, like, Jason Knight getting a run in the team, or even like we we're saying with Jamie McGrath, people like that getting a run in the team other than, than McGeady, because them lads are still going to be there come the next campaign, even. Yeah. Where McGeady's not, you know, like, I know you want to do well in this campaign, but I think, especially from Stephen Kenny's point of view, it seems from what he does he'll have his focus a little bit ahead of where your average fan will be looking. So that's why I don't think either of them will... I wouldn't say it even crossed his mind, if I'm being honest. I'd be very shocked to see either name appear now. Yeah, and I think we also have to take into consideration how times have changed from, from the times Ireland players were wearing these jerseys where we had players who were competing for league titles, we had players playing Champions League football on, on a regular basis, and um, we pretty much our whole squad were, were based in the Premier League and obviously now you, you do go through that squad and you might 
say where we are lacking in quality is where players are obviously playing in championship or potentially um league one but also like like we all we all mentioned josh cullen playing in 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 a in a decent european league with a with a decent club um and again I just think it's it's the times that we are in. Um, you look at, at at Stephen Kenny and how unlucky he has been. And if Mick McCarthy was in that situation, if Martin O'Neill was in that situation, I'd be still saying they were really really unlucky to have as many lads injured, as many lads out with COVID. Um, just it was a tough tough start for Stephen Kenny and seems like it, it's it still is going to be a tough time because I believe that obviously Premier League games, club football is still going on on, on, on Sunday the squad will then meet up in Manchester um, so obviously there's none of this flying back to Ireland to fly to, to Belgrade so they're meeting up in Manchester, they will train in Manchester potentially on Sunday evening so some players might have a game on, on Sunday um, and then they will train again in Manchester on, on Monday, fly to Belgrade then on the Tuesday evening, they'll have a train session, kind of the, the traditional um, train session in the stadium the night before the game. So realistically, he has, Stephen Kenny and his coaching staff have two, two and a half days, maybe three days at most, to try push a plan, ideas, tactics together. How unlucky, Dowling, do you think Stephen Kenny has been um, and do, do you think us Ireland fans have to take that into consideration? Absolutely, yeah. Um, what you touched on, I mean, when those jerseys behind you were uh, being played, there was, um, you know, I think it used to be the case that the you got a week, so you'd finish up on the Sunday, and then the next day wasn't until Saturday, the earliest, so you had, a, you had a full, almost a full week with them, and if you got less than a week, I remember like players that played on a Sunday, like I think Brian Kerr would have been given out to know, well, we lost some players an extra day. Now literally all you have is said one day. Especially when we're going through the phase of trying to change the way we play, it's not easy. And I think this comes down to sometimes you know, where you hear some international managers say there's qualification football and there's tournament football. So like the qualification is kind of, it's, you know, not the prettiest methods, but we get there. And then you have, you know, tournament football, they really kind of know play the way you kind of want to. Um, I do have sympathy for him, um, but every international manager is in the same boat. That's unfortunately the way it is. We're not disadvantaged or advantage. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I hope the, the Nations League was kind of used for. I did, like, had some allowances that we, it would take time for the system to adjust. Um, we've had, you know, I think, seven games an hour, so there should be some kind of you know familiarity in the squad what Kenny wants um, and what he wants to see. Um, but at the same time, I do sympathize that you know it, it's a bit about a mockery one day, like before a World Cup qualifier is really all you have with your team. Um, given players, you know, will be you know, if you lose a day, some will play Sunday, can't play Monday, you know, you lose a day flying, you know, it's not much. Uh, well, it's the same for everyone, so we, we can't be 
to complain about. I, I do disagree with the whole FIFA the way the international uh, window is scheduled now that I know it's not giving managers the fairest chance to prepare. And then that is why you don't really get many good games in the qualifiers because uh, you know, they're not getting a full chance to link up. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the last time there was any European, uh, any qualifier in Europe where instead of, you know, we had taken back that match was great, like just some great results come in, but there's never like really been an outstanding match to qualifiers in a long time. Yeah. Um, and then we might just go on to the actual games it, itself. Um, Serbia away. Um, what are you hoping for? What do you think the best outcome is from an Ireland perspective? We also look at and Luxembourg, and by all accounts, yes, they're 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 ranked where they're ranked, but I I believe based on reports and based on a couple of um, podcasts I've listened to, they're kind of almost in a false position. They've actually improved a decent amount, so a lot of people are saying don't take Luxembourg for granted, um, and then obviously Qatar is the the the, the friendly, um. What's the, the best case scenario, do you think, Ando? Six points, three points, four? I'd like to say six. But um, I think if we get away with four points, I think he'd be, he'd be more than happy because, you know, you're getting Serbia away, out of the way as well, you know, that kind of way. I know, like, there's the argument, say, it's behind closed doors and all that kind of stuff. But, um, like, Serbia are no mugs when you look at some of the players they have, like, there's some top players like playing in their team. Even your man playing for Lazio there, the United were linked with the midfielder Savage. Like I think United, the rumor was 80 million or something for this guy. Like, then they've, I know they've Jovic there, the striker that plays back with Frankfurt now, but he's on loan from Real Madrid. So like they don't have, they're not mugs like that. We're just gonna show up and walk over. But then uh, on the other side, I do think they are there for the take. And if you look at say Scotland getting through against some into the Euros and all, I'd like to think if we were playing Scotland tomorrow that we'd be in a position to to beat Scotland. So I can't see why we shouldn't be going into the game thinking we can beat Serbia. Um, then Luxembourg, you know, you know you're saying there, they've improved a little bit, but, you know, you have to be beating, beating them handy enough. Um, I don't think it'll be, like you said, I don't think it'll be like a landslide scoring like that 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 people will expect. Like, I think I've seen somewhere in their eight qualifiers for the Euros, they only conceded 16 or something now, which isn't for what people will think when they hear Luxembourg, they'll think, you know, you know, these guys are going to get slapped seven, eight nils by teams. They're obviously not getting slapped like that. And I think Lithuania finished part of their group, which I know a couple of years ago, I think England struggled against the Lithuania side. So it won't be an easy game, like, but I think if he gets a point against Serbia and beats Luxembourg, he'd be happy enough. The Qatar game, I don't think anybody really cares. I think it's just one of them games that because FIFA say it has to be played, it has to be played more so than anything. And I think it's just maybe a little bit of a money spinner kind of got to do with the World Cup and all that in Qatar. More than anything else, really, like a bit of publicity and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Um I think if you offered us if you offered me four points now in two games, I I take it and move on. And be happy enough with that, like. Yeah, I think um, I think Shane mentioned last week on, on the podcast in regards to the friendly against Qatar that they're potentially in our group mm. to play friendly matches, so it kind of has to to go That's ahead. 
it's it's their preparation for the for, for the World Cup. But again, that, that that's a that, that's another argument. Um, Dowland, do you share the? Um, I have to say, lads, like I was kind of expecting this podcast to be quite negative and a bit kind of pessimistic, but after chatting to you and putting our points across, I feel a little bit more optimistic going into these games. Um, Darling, do you think just just scoring a goal will be will will be important? Um, and do you share the same optimism as 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 Anto picking up potentially four, maybe six six points? Yeah, I take four points absolutely for Alfred. I don't quite Anto quite much. Serbia are no mugs. Um, it will be difficult. Um, Probably see that being a one-one draw rather than a. I think we will score. Um, I think you know the players you know want it, and I think you know we are getting chances, and you know, but the look, the law of averages, more chances you get, you know, the better chance you have of scoring, so we will create chances. Um, Luxembourg, yeah, probably not as bad as you know people might think. Like, um, but I. I Watched the under twenty ones play the last last year, and I didn't wasn't overly impressed. Um, I can't see the way they are set up. Like, is there that much of a jump between their senior and their under twenty one team? Um, I would expect us to win. I, I don't know. It won't be a landslide. I'd say it'd be two 0 probably. Um, so yeah, four points to be lied with. Then the Qatar game. I mean, look, it's a bit mad up because I believe we play Luxembourg at home, right? So we go to Bulgaria, then we, sorry, we go to Serbia, then we come back to Dublin, and then we fly out to Bulgaria to play Qatar, which I can see a lot of the Premier League managers pick up the phones in here, you know, do you have a tight hamstring, you have to come out like. <laughs> so I fear what the squad will actually look like by the time we get to there, and I can honestly, I can see us losing that, because I just think that the squad is going to be so depleted by the time we get to Qatar, and then because of the travel arrangements, there's going to be players getting pressure from the managers in here. So, I mean, this game, you're, it's not like you're playing in Dublin, um, which is no like a, whatever it is, like a 40-minute flight, you have to fly to Bulgaria. There's, we're in a pandemic as well. There's going to be like, here, whatever injury you have to do, make it up. And yeah. So, that, that's my concern. I think the only, like, we will have some of the hungry young players that might stay on, but I, I do fear how, what the squad's going to look like between natural injuries, players being put in pressure, and then... Yeah. Um, I kind of I, I do share the the little bit of optimism that getting a point in Serbia would be a good thing. Um, whether I can see a scoring in Serbia now is, is another thing, potentially another another nil all draw. But like Bodie said, we have to be beating Luxembourg. There, there's no two ways about it. We we have to be beating Luxembourg. Sorry there, guys. Just for a yeah. second, I'm just looking here. I just know that Serbia and Luxembourg are in each other's group for the Euro qualifiers. Oh. And Serbia bet them twice. But the second time they played, Serbia only bet them 3-2. So may, may, maybe that's where they're touching on the improvement from... And it was 3-1 in the first game. Yeah. So like you, like we wouldn't normally associate Luxembourg with, with scoring goals. Like you said, no. we would have seen a, a minus 47 or something like that in, yeah. in, in, in the goal difference. Um. So I don't think they can be taken for granted, but again, we still should be. I should be beating them. Should be beating them, especially at at home. Again, obviously no crowds. 
Um, but lads, that was a that was a nice way to kind of finish the the, the podcast on a on a positive. Um, and hopefully, the results can 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 follow next week. Um, obviously, squad announcement tomorrow. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, how spot on we are with our with our teams as well. Come this time next week. But um, Anto Dowling, um. Thanks again for for joining us on the the fantasy kickabout, and hopefully we'll we'll have you back on maybe in uh, in September for another round of 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 internationals. Um, hope you enjoy the lads, and we will chat to you soon. All right. Thanks, Gary. Absolutely. Um, one thing I might finish on: we spent some time talking about you know old the old guard been playing well, so the likes of um, Aidan McGeady. Um, Wes Hulahan is playing phenomenal in League Two, so just just give him a shout out to finish off. <laughs> does uh, does he make your squad, darling? <laughs> he doesn't, but uh, no, it's time to move on. But if you were mentioning um, old players, you know, still still producing the goods, I thought he deserved to mention. Good man, darling. Best way we could have possibly finished a, an Ireland podcast. Final word. Final words. Wes Hulahan. <laughs>